good. Yeah, good man, good, good. A wee panda in the background, is that meant to be there? Yeah, that's Paul. That's Paul. 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 (laughs) It's all the pandas around all your artwork. Paul? Uh, Pretty much, pretty much. Featuring him, the big man himself. It was was funny, it was actually a gift for Shug, the bassist, when we first moved into this flat. Uh, he, he, went, he, went, uh, <laughs> he went to Hanley's he went to Hanley's and he came over and there's your there's your what your flat warming gift yeah flat warming gift yeah yeah well I think I missed your show at St Luke's just due to fear of Covid was do you have it yeah. on Paul on stage yes yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there was um, I don't know if you're if you're aware of St Luke's they've got like the organ at the yeah. back yeah and uh, it doesn't even work either no, which no, is it was a shame because we got there thinking we might get a wee teaser <laughs> uh, but we put it above that. There was like a ledge, and it just fit above Ronan on the kit, so it looked pretty gay. We we got like a couple of pictures of it, yeah. So it was there for the whole gig. It was quite funny. In most places as well, sometimes you'll be like in the kick drum or on top yeah. of the bass or something like that. You know? On his own? Did he just walk around on his own? Ah, nah. it's quite terrifying. <laughs> he somehow does it when there's like you know audience members there. Mm-hmm. I think he does it in between like the support band sets. Yeah, because he only does it if it's a support band set. <laughs> People are watching the support band, they're like, why is that guy on stage moving a panda? Is that panda moving? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is he hungry? What's going on? I just watched two Harry Potter films last night and I just got you was wearing the cloak, the invisibility cloak. Shouting abuse and they can't hear him. Exactly. <laughs> right, so I've got this story recording anyway, so that's a good start. There we are. Uh, one thing I do need to ask. Oren, am I saying your name right? Yeah, no, that's perfect. Uh, Oren Moore. Oren Moore. Like, Oren Moore. That's how I can uh, yeah. I was sitting with Chloe and I was like, is this how you say it? Because I'm really stressing over this. I don't want to say it wrong. Are you living with Chloe as well? Yeah, this is, this is Chloe and Ross's bedroom, actually. My room's right next to a window with traffic and my mic picks up all the traffic. Aye. Aye. So it's better in here. So the first thing I want to ask you, the last time I seen you, Ellis, was think your own gig. Not your own gig, you were supporting someone in G2. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 I was, I think that was the skins we were supporting. A lot. Well, me and Ormus, ah, Ormus on the bill oh, as well. Do you uh, mind? Yes. You I remember. We, I, I, I remember what you said to me as well. Still remember it to this day. You said to me, it was like, uh, it gave me like when we done the set. You get because I was wearing like the jeans and a white t-shirt. You like, I looked like Bruce Springsteen. Oh, I was, yeah, it was very yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, that kept with me. I was like, yeah, working class lad. I get. It. I see the picture. To be fair, you've got the hair of early Springsteen as well. Thank you, thank yeah. you. It's I know it's I need it's in the need of a trim soon. It's it's getting to all sorts of lengths. It's, <laughs> it's completely. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's lost all types of shape. I seen the picture of you. It see, it looks and it's just the hair waving everywhere. Mm. Oh, it's mad! It's mad! It's like it's it's like you're kind of hiding away from the audience. You don't see everyone, so you're like you can keep in your your zone, and it's just nice to have something to pop off a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so after the G two show, when did it come to be pandas? Where did this all come from? They, I think, I think like the initial idea of it was there because, considering it was just me and Oren, mm-hmm. it was me and yourself uh, that night. I think it was maybe it was just that time we were just talking about it. Mm-hmm. Like I had the idea of pandas maybe just like the October before that, maybe October twenty nineteen. At least thought maybe if I learn a lot more guitar and uh, really focus on it, um, I can do something from it. Also, I was doing the gigs on my own, mm-hmm. and I was already thinking about getting more band members in. Uh, and then I was like, well, if I want to create a band, I don't really want it to be about me. I want it to be about, you know, four talented musicians come together and bring their influences and all that. And it kind of, it started off with all of me. We were doing open mics 
at uh, playing at open mics at King Tut's with Mick Hargan. So we were playing with him. We met through that, wanted to start doing covers together. And then it was like, and within that time frame, I think that was, it was like, it was early January mm. uh, that we started just playing in, in my shed, just, just me and him carrying on. Mm. And uh, I was like, like do, you want to, do, you just, do you want to just play with us? Do you want to play February? Just do a couple of, we'll just do covers. We'll mm. do any originals, just do covers. And then I think that was like the initial spark because we just really fed off each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. A, a notable uh, moment for me, like when it really came together, like I really enjoyed playing music with Ellis, even when it was just covers. Yeah. Um, but uh, there was, I, I can't really remember when it was, but we decided to go to Pirate Studios together. Oh, I've never been there. Ross's recommended a lot. It's maybe great. Yeah, 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 it's, it's decent. It's, it's, it's a nice space. You can do what you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not in like the sense of just causing anarchy, but more the sense of like you're just left to your own devices and it kind of teaches you to be a lot more disciplined. Yeah. Rather than just getting there and have a yes man or like a guy that just gauges you, you kind of just left it and like, right, cool. Don't do be it a. Yeah, do it yourself. Hmm. It's good. It's good. I, I yeah. recommend to anyone in Glasgow that's kind of looking for a space because as well, you feel like there's no staff there, so there's no idea of like judgment. Yeah. Uh, no, because there'll be like regulars there, the hero, the all the top class bands that come to rehearse, and then if you're just a, a, a new band want to um, start playing together, uh, it's nice to not have people or have the feeling that people are around you because you don't see anyone. It's yeah. weird. It's like it's not seeing your neighbours go shopping. You like you never <laughs> see your neighbour coming with shopping. It's like that same idea. You just never see any of the bands, and if you do, you're like, oh, what's happening? Which is nice as well because you see like all the kind of Glasgow bands kind of go there, which is nice. All the younger ones, all the up and coming ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we started, when we started out, we went to Berkeley too for the first time. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah we been, I like Berkeley. I like yeah, Berkeley a lot. You'll know Aiden. Uh, loves Slash, has Slash's guitar, and the guy who runs it, Steve, was like, "Oh, Slash has been in here. The vending machine was broken. He asked me for help." <laughs> <laughs> Aiden's face drops. Not no, bad. He's in the same building where Slash was. You know, That's crazy, man. See, we're still running that, but Pirate Studios does seem like the pictures they put up, just the lights in it look stunning. Yeah, yeah, yeah they got no. they got it well with the LED lights. Yeah, it kind of helps you out, kind of create a bit of an atmosphere because it's kind of shaping your rehearsal room and it's just always bright. Really. Mm-hmm. You're kind of losing that element, it's, which is the whole point of rehearsing is so you can be prepared for a, that type of atmosphere. Get, get, get ready. Yeah, yeah, get, get energy. Yeah, like dim the lights a wee bit and or turn them right off and then turn them somewhere in the corner slowly turns them on. I bet, if you don't, I bet if you, if you don't do it right, <laughs> which I do many a time, it just starts, the colours just start changing. So you're just like, right, I'll put red on because I want to be really serious and then it just starts flickering. Yeah. Right. Just the yellow. <laughs> it's like someone's, it's, someone's like, I've you known they've plugged the wrong playlist in or something. <laughs> just like, ah, oh, fuck you. Bro. When it's sunny. When it's sunny. <laughs> die, die, die. <laughs> so following that, you've obviously got Paul the Panda behind you. Where did the name come from? The name Pandas or just yeah. Paul the Panda? Let's go with the band first, then Paul the Panda. Okay, okay, fair enough. Two good questions. You wanna? I, I, pandas, what like Ellis brought the the name to Pandas, and it, it wasn't necessarily like just a band name. Yeah, it was. It seemed almost like a, like a business plan, like the way he was describing it, you know? Like he was trying to, he was trying to sell I've me I've got something. an idea. <laughs> Five years. <laughs> Five years. But like, this time next year, you'll be millionaires. Oh, nah. No chance. Just the no way, the way it, it kind of happened, it wasn't as if you want to write tunes together. It was, it was more like a long-term plan. Yeah, and I think that's really what attracted me more than anything. Well, you know? As well, because having kind of the overhead of looking at the music scene, I noticed that like um, 
Oh, no, I've lost my train of thought. What was it? Uh, like a lot of bands were like just trying to push and push, whereas I think we were trying to create an identity. Because mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's more important. Make sure your band has an identity rather than just having a good sound or just having you know the chops to do. Because if they fit them, if they fit the mark or they fit the bench, fine. But I don't think you're gonna you're gonna go past that. Mm-hmm. Whereas you create an identity, you're giving I think you're giving people more reasons to keep. Uh, is that a fire alarm? I, think a, I, think a, I went into this room for it to be quiet. I think a car alarm just went off. <laughs> nice, nice sack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna keep that in. Continue with what you're saying. Uh, I so I was just saying um, what came important to me from looking at bands and what they're up to is like I really want to create an identity because we can sound really good and all that, but I think that stands stands out enough because you can be fucking really good. Mm-hmm. You can be really good, but still not have no, have not really an identity. You don't really know why. But I think when you leave a gig or you listen to a tune of ours, you're like given reasons why you should be more engrossed and why I know more of the story. Because yeah. most yeah. of the songs we write are like, there's an emotional journey there and that's what we're telling rather than just, here's a fucking song with a riff in it. It's like, Listen to that. Listen to what's being said, and then take it in. All that part. Yeah, for sure, man. But the name, the name pandas, um, came from multiple things. The first one is my genuine love for just pandas in general. Yeah. Lovely wee guys. Do you go to Edinburgh a lot? I've not. I've not been. I've never seen a panda. Call I know. A panda lover. I know. I know. <laughs> I it's, know. It's, it's it's disgusting. It's it's actually yeah. Rip rip the tight laugh it. Can't even afford <laughs> it. Fuck. Not like that anymore. You, nah. see, you say about the identity, and I was having a scroll through your Facebook page in the past few days, and I noticed with what I think it was foolish, you put up a, what the song was about, how you wrote it, where the lyrics came from, but it was also it has oh, this fantastic artwork. You gave the artist detail, talked about arts, and I've got Leave Finnegan got her name written down. Yeah. Brilliant art. But how do you do? You write the songs by yourself, or does Odin do you come in with the music, or is it a bit of both? And that's how a song starts out. It's that I don't think it, it goes on one method. I think mm. we like give us we give ourselves like stimuluses, what to work on. So like for example, with Foolish, the the concept was Rowan bring us a tune that's yours, uh, create an identity around the fifties, and give us the story. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened with especially with this EP that we're going to release. It's uh, all four songs are written by four different members of the band. I came forward with a tune and went right. I want to work on this. That's brilliant. Um, so that's kind of like I think that kind of what you're saying about identity kind of it falls into that it's like well you're not just getting the essence of pandas you're getting the people the people that are involved and what they bring to the table so eventually when let's just say for instance we do end up getting maybe a label or like some type of management I know that's like giving myself wisdom here to think that's going to happen but it's just in case it does we've created enough evidence on our own platform that gives enough identity for them to be like right cool Let's take you guys and then let's make pandas. Let's put it in the actual the the perspective. Mm-hmm. I think you've went about it such a not a, I would say unique, but it's such a very good way from other bands that are coming in. Like the way he's post online, that's brilliant. Like I said about the artwork, but there was also and I've got it written down because I don't get it wrong. Once upon a time in the wild west. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Even to this day, like I can't, I can't pronounce it. What? So I, I did see it written by Ellis Hurley. Aye. Or when he came forward, going, I've got this idea. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? It was, what? It was, it was, it was, 
incredible. If anyone's listening to this, go on Panda's Facebook page and watch Once Upon a Time in the World. <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, Ellis comes up with like a lot of ideas that he brings to the table, and they all of them actually feature in this book here. All of like this isn't promotion for the book, by the way. This is just the one of a kind. Yeah, this, this is one this of is the kind, pandas for uh, dummies. That'll be in like twenty years' time. Pandas collectible. Uh, well, for the price of forty nine ninety nine, we'll think about it. <laughs> no, but I like it. Like it just comes up with all these. He shows me all the writing. He like highlights the points. He color codes them and. It makes it really easy for you to understand. So the story of uh, Once Upon a Time in the Wild West is, or the West End, whatever, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's flawless, man. It's like, I think the editing process really helped it as well. And like really come together because Ellis was a big part I, was of it, was, well. We're sitting here talking about the story and what I've written, which is great. And that's what's going to be taken. But it, it does beautifully contrast with like the work uh, Danny B did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Blake, um, if you've ever heard him, Cam, he's a pretty, he's, he's a good guy, good guy, good editor. Uh, and we, literally, he, he, when we filmed it, I, I said to him, it was like a last minute thing, we need really help ed- getting this edited and trying to get the storyline out there. And it was a difficult process, but Danny took the challenge on and I went over to his and we spent, we spent like 13 hours editing this three minute video. Not because it took Danny three hours, it's because I was being an f- idiot and didn't like coordinate all the videos right all the footage uh all the footage was in different places so when we were trying to tell the storyline and it was good though because when we we're telling the storyline me and danny were like both discussing it and being like right we're not doing it because i've came up with it. i'm doing it because we've both just discussed it and that's the idea mm-hmm. so whatever he said what the idea was i was like that's it whenever uh he was speaking with an idea i'm like that's what i'm thinking so we mean him are just sparking off each other which is it was nice because i think like me and danny are probably going to try and work a little bit more this year maybe a bit closer, but because we can add the same kind of spark for like creativeness in a way. Like we just kind of that same motivation to be creative rather than just do it to do it. Like we want to do it and make it beautiful. And like you said, I, I think once upon a time is, it is beautiful because it's got so many storylines. Sto- it had so many storylines beforehand. Like we changed the idea. It wasn't, in the, it wasn't in the West End, but I always had like you know like the bike chase scene like I had that written down yeah. about two years ago of just the idea of it because all I did is use the rent bikes so I was like why well, why not use that promote the rent bikes in Glasgow let people know about the cycles all this psychological things I'm just shoving in but kind of like Easter eggs you find in films yeah it's full on that it's literally me just ripping everything off Edgar Wright yeah oh, that's probably I, one of the best I, I, can I, do I would like I would like to be somewhere in the position of Edgar Wright but in like music filmmaking. Something like that. Just bring like a bit of humour and, and actual real emotion and rhythm. Because I think that's what he's good on. He's good at yeah, timing sure. and comedy timing. Comedy timing is so important, especially when you get it right. When you get comedy right, it doesn't matter if you've just you've been funny, it doesn't matter. It's how you're funny and how it's been taken. Which is like the kind of gags we wanted to put in the video itself, kinda take us back to the Western times where things were a lot more goofy and things were allowed to be goofy. And we just kinda want to uh, embark on that. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's fun. Yeah, it's almost like watching a silent film with with a soundtrack in the background. Yeah, that's yeah, that was the idea behind it. It was like, can we put as much for... physical stuff in this to tell the story mm-hmm. and and visually tell it? That's a yeah. challenge enough, and you do it very well. In it, is there more uh, music video ideas in your head to go along and make yeah. more? <laughs> Look, this, there's a wee smile there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, the book, man, it's all in there. Join the book. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I I think 
especially for this year, we're going to focus a lot more on video content. Um, I'd like to see us at the end of the year being quite popular with consistent content. Because mm-hmm. um, I think that's what we can put a focus on rather than get people to loads of people to stream the tunes. Like we don't want that to be the focus. Like we want that to be the kind of investment. So like we invest ourselves in these video content and give people a lot, of, a lot of stuff to visually see. Yeah. And then when they visually see it, they can, like as well. I think that comes from the idea that like, I hate reading books. Um, I don't know if it's to do with ADHD or uh, anything like that. But with my focus, I could only really understand things from a visual perspective. Mm-hmm. So like even as like learning the drums, I could only learn the drums by watching the drummer play it in front of me. Or video it and then watch the videos again. You gave, you gave me sheet music, I threw it in your face. Yeah. I couldn't do it. <laughs> so that's why I've got this kind of motivation for the video content to have all this effort in it, to visually look beautiful and visually tell a story, nonetheless, because I think that's not what, what music videos like, because they do that uh, quite perfectly and have done. Because that's where it came from. Like, I used to watch like music videos every like, Saturday morning, mm-hmm. MTV, it wasn't cartoons and that, but I used to watch a lot of music videos because didn't have YouTube at that time and I was a wee guy so we were just watching I was just watching loads of videos and that's how like I kind of came back to it and when I'm doing videos now of like the amount of experience I've had looking at it and I'm like right cool these are the good things these are things that are routinely in music videos so we will follow that path or follow that stimulus and try and make it our own as well I remember like sitting used to sit and crying all the time and watch every music video and that's how I never this one music video came on and I was like, who the fuck's this band? Who is this? And then it came up Biffy Clyro for that golden rule. And that video's always stuck in my head and now they're one of my favourite bands. So you got Just because you basically saw it, yeah. yeah I just yeah. saw it and it, I never called my mum in and be like, oh, look at this, look how good this is. <laughs> and you got, I think it's brilliant uh, the way you do the videos. It must be all in your head. It must be like a carnival in that head. It takes a lot of time for mm. it and it's like, I'm very patient with my work, hence why some things get a bit delayed over time. Because I'd rather just get it right than have it out there. Yeah. Um. So with like even the video, like it had, we I rewrote the the script for it, maybe like three four times. It had just completely different things. Like mm-hmm. it was a last minute thing to have Debbie in the video and going down the hill at Kelvin Grove. Like that was like last minute, not last minute things, but just in that week, I was like, what what do I actually want to film? What do I think will look good? Mm-hmm. Like what am I gonna get out of this? So. Me and Elsa actually watched them. Um... What's it called? Uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly when we were in isolation. Yes, so like, yes. A, a bit of inspiration, like the, the close-up face shots and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, it wasn't as if it just, like, clicked. We had the story. It was, like, a combination of things and inspiration. Like, I like that shot or, yeah. like, the, the drone shots and stuff like that. It like, was it was hard to get influence off the film as well because it's three hours long. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So <laughs> we didn't want there. to copy, like the, 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 like, the famous things in it, but at least just get a general idea. Like, the idea of just, like, me visually seeing it is just going to make me feel a lot more creative. Than not seeing it, even if I didn't get it or I was a bit off focus at certain points, it's the general idea of it that I'm bringing in the cinema, the old fashioned cinema that's adored to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, with the music, what artists has influenced you? What's where do your ideas come from? Are you both the same or are you both different? It's interesting. I think we collectively as a band, I do feel like we have similar influences, but if, if you t- like, if you looked at like the records that we all have or the CDs that we all have, mm. we have got very eclectic mixes. Like we've played <laughs> jazz and hip hop and stuff like that. Scissor Sisters. Yeah. yeah. I can see, I can, I can, literally looking at it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what that oh, is. Yeah. Oh my God. Don't drop it. <laughs> right, here we are. Yeah. Oh my God. What the, there we go. Right. 
So we've got Abba, Pixies, Radiohead, REM, Sister Sisters, Fatboy Slim, Falls Antidotes, good album. Yeah, good album. Great album. Kill Bill Volume One. Yes. Daft Punk Discovery that has yes. there's like there was some type of limited edition thing. I'm balancing this on my hand, right? See this Daft Punk CD, right? <laughs> if you look at it closely, there's a credit card. Right. See that? Oh, 2002. Oh no, it's the yeah. what talking about. No, 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 no. Yeah. This is this is from like back in the day, and they like it was some type of promotion thing. Thanks for holding this. That's alright. Yeah. <laughs> keep, keep my stability. I see these are in it as well, mate. I will go through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as well. That's fair. I got this in a charity shop, and it had that credit card, so it's probably worth something. But aye, good album. Where else we go on? You tell some. Uh, we've got Pulp, Different Class, Hot Ship, The Morning, News. People could guess which one's yours, which one's mine. Yeah, that's true. Catfish and the Bottlemen, Velvet Underground, and Nico, what an album. Sorry, I'm just going to... Oh, I'll take this one out because it's the same CD. Nah. Arctic Monkeys. Favourite worst nightmare? Favourite worst nightmare. That's my favourite album, my personal favourite. Anyone who knows me knows I'm not the biggest Arctic Monkeys fan. I'm just going to end the call. <laughs> Mute. <laughs> Can't hear you, mate. Can't hear you. Uh, Velvet, Gorillas, Demon Day, Stone Roses, Second Coming, Trainspotting Soundtrack, Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, Jamiroquai, big one. That's my big one. I love Jamiroquai. That's a... Hmm? I didn't expect Jamiroquai to be in that. Oh, it's, it's, so no, whenever I used to go down to Liverpool, my dad would like have his iPod. Uh, in the Ox Cable and he would play all his kind of music and one of those was Jamiroquai mm-hmm. and I, I just that's where the kind of kind of my, my main kind of rhythm came from initially I've just kind of listened to really funky music it's all funky influence all copied of Stevie Wonder but that was like the first time I heard like proper funky music and vocals had like so, some amount of soul to them and so much breath mm-hmm. anyway stop being a wank <laughs> uh, Oasis be here now Bruno Mars, Strokes, Talking Heads. This is this is jazz. Dave Brubeck, phenomenal album. I had the blues, but I shoot them loose. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Great Falls, that, This is one of my favorite albums. Falls I'd say that's one of our shared. That's ones, our shared one. That's it's our shared one. Rowan as well. Like, yeah, yeah. I think we, we that's all, one of my favorite yeah. album covers as well. Oh Great yeah, yeah. That's a lovely cover. Yeah, that's lovely. PG rated. Never mind. What else we got? There's another false antidote just in case we lose one, I guess. <laughs> uh, I got Paul McCartney, best of Paul McCartney. Oh, I've got a signed, signed CD by the Night Cafe, one of my favourite bands, my top five. Uh, 0151. If you've not listened to, if anyone's watching this, right, 0151 by the Night Cafe, <laughs> get on it and let me know. Text me what you think about them because I think they're amazing. I'd love it's to. I'd love to support them. Tag them, tag them. <laughs> like, I more yeah. Oasis stuff. Yeah. That, that, you can yeah. tell who these are. <laughs> you know, I can see the more, I can see the Morning Glory in the background as well. Ah, uh, uh, that that would be Alice's. <laughs> so one last thing, I quickly want to. I'll wait till he comes back. Just hopefully uh, doesn't break anything. Hey, back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're, you're saying that right, and I've actually not even put the CDs where they're meant to be, just in case it fucking falls. <laughs> Hear a loud crash, Ellis has broke all the CDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few just <laughs> I'm not finished. Finish it up. One last thing I really want to talk to you about. You mentioned the Once Upon a Time putting Debbie in it. To anyone who doesn't know you, Pandas, who slash what is Debbie? 
Daniel. You know, you want the story. I want the story. I want the the story of Derry being stolen as well. Yes, you're bringing up. You're gonna trigger me here. <laughs> she, was, she was found. <laughs> she was fine. She was fine. Uh, I so now I was second year of college. Got um, I was kind of like talking to my parents about wanting to be a lot more mobile and getting to a lot of places because when I was just in like train transport, it was just taking ages to get to places and. I wanted to get up to a lot of stuff and be adventurous and eventually got the AGS Mundana, which is what Debbie's called. Mm-hmm. Initially called it Debbie because uh, at the time I was a big fan of Baby Driver. All oh, right, yeah. You got Deborah. Yep. And I thought because of the white, because it was just all white, it kind of gave that kind of 50s vibe. It's also my mum's middle name. So but it kind of it worked out quite beautifully. Yeah, yeah, it's work, it worked, it worked out quite beautifully. Every day is a school day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More fans you know about my morning. My mum's <laughs> middle name. Questions. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first concert? <laughs> uh, all your accounts. I so had the bike for a couple of years. Um, wrote the tune about it, about Debbie. And I think when I was writing the song, I was like, I want to write it and obviously uh, referenced it sounding like maybe a female that I'm attractive, attracted to or have some type of relationship with. Whereas, in fact, I'm just writing loads of like, metaphors and things that sound like a bike. But, you know what I mean? Uh, I just wanted to test myself. I just wanted, like, can I write a song just about the love I have for a bike? More or less of what the bike made me feel and it gave me all this freedom and independence and just made me a lot more of a happier person just because I had had something as, as lovely as that because it was it's pretty cool cutting about in a moped in general. Yeah. Um, You're cool in a car, though, if you don't really see it. No, no, yeah. no. You don't see you don't see them cutting about, and when you do, you kind of do kind of give it a second glance. So, um, wrote that tune, and it's like the most. I kind of was like, I want to write my rendition of like if I was to write an Oasis song. That's where it kind of the first stimulus of it was when I was just going the chords are just E A G D. Yeah. Um, just typical Oasis, but obviously I had such a, I have I still have a love for Oasis when I was very young. Uh, and listen to them all the time so I kind of I thought it was respectful to at least start back there mm-hmm. to create a song start from there so I can at least have the nostalgic behind it and yeah it turned out, it, it, the tune changed also if you, the, the acoustic versions on SoundCloud and you can hear how quicker it is and how it, it just sounds so different to the actual single on Spotify I, I was actually going to say my, my first kind of encounter with Debbie was actually the first time I met Ellis uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw yeah. this really wanky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some prick just parked his car right outside King Touch's wee moped. <laughs> Spit on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only joking. I, I, I see. I, I just see this really like beautiful moped like oh. out, parked outside King Touch, really eye catching. Mm. And then not long after, I, I saw you go on stage, and I was like, he definitely owns that. It's definitely his. And he and he plays Debbie, um, and it's it's like a really great acoustic performance, um, just from the start to the end. You tell the whole story and uh, just so much energy in it, and especially for one guy in a guitar, uh, like that's what really like caught my eye about yourself. Um, just when he performed that song, so that was kind of my first encounter with Debbie, um, and then just to kind of see the growth of it and how it's produced it's like into a band song. Yeah, um, is we're very proud know, of it, especially yeah, for like. Given opportunities to grow into really establish who he is as a drummer. Yeah, for which sure. Which I don't think, just from my, my personal experience, 
uh, listen to like music. I don't think a lot of the drummers are, you know, given their actual space to show their ability. Yeah. I think I wanted to target that, especially in Debbie, because I think it deserved that that aggressive rush that come, that aggressive fills that come out our own when he plays them, especially near the end and how we just continuously keep forming this song, getting it heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier. Those last 20 seconds. Yeah, it's just pure, build it up. But um, having the bike, so it was about three years into the bike and uh, I left it in a street in the West End on Princess Street. And it was like, it was like I came down, I was taking it, I was taking it to the garage. I was taking it to the garage that morning. So I just had the whole gear on, helmet in my hand and there was a way to go and I just came down and I just seen the space where it was and I was just like nah 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 no chance you, like just 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 didn't believe it and just like just sat down and just I think I was like the first time I had like a proper panic attack as well because it was just like the idea of just just not physically being there yeah it's just like, like that sh- it just doesn't exist mm-hmm. like you know for a fact it's not just going to be down the street well it was <laughs> it was it was the end to be honest but it was down like it was down like it was down like an alleyway two streets away two streets away it was down an alleyway but I think hard to think like it wasn't yeah like in like, honest, down it. I, well, no one, it was like the end of an alleyway so no one goes down there unless they're you know saying something shouldn't be then uh, enjoy riding a bike enjoy riding a bike yeah that's one of them <laughs> so on that day, it got really hot because I think Glasgow Life shared it and, you know, made it a thing like, oh, Busker loses his moped to kind of give it a bit of sympathy and just uh, just get it out there. And it, I think that really helped because I think the person tried to scratch, they, well, they think they did, they scratched all the stickers off it and, like, ripped the ignition key out uh, so you couldn't even, you couldn't drive it or anything. I mean, I found it. It was, like, two months later, I found it. So I had, like, two months worth of grief because, obviously, you're just, like, I've lost my my... I've lost my way of transportation. I have to do a lot more things. Everything takes a bit longer for two months. And then our mate was uh, was going out with a girl and her cat went missing. So we were all out and looked for the cat and then tried to find the cat. Jack, our flatmate, found the bike. So he went down the alley looking for a cat and found a bike. <laughs> he took a pic. But the thing is, he didn't tell me. He didn't tell me until three hours later, until I bumped into him. So I was, I was heading. I was fucking heading somewhere. And he sent me this message, and me and him were walking past it, and he was going to work. And we walked past the alleyway, and he went, oh, I seen, a, I seen a moped down there. And I was like, oh, did you? And I was kind of like, nah, rubbing it off, you're not thinking your bike's going to be around the corner. And then he shows me a picture of it. He's like, oh, I took a picture, and he shows me it. And I seen where, like, the Oasis sticker was scratched. And I was like, that, that's Debbie. That's Debbie right there. So we and me and him just sprinted down this alleyway, all heavy, giddy and all that, and just thinking it was there. Seen it, and I was just quiet. Didn't cry, didn't you know, sit there and jump for joy. I was just like, shit, okay. My first instinct was just to just get it and just push it back, which is what I did. I FaceTimed, I FaceTimed, I FaceTimed my mate Nathan, I FaceTimed my dad. Just to show it, I just like showed my face and I showed the bike and then seen the reaction. FaceTime like, music, I think, yeah, yeah. I think you thought you thought I was dying. Uh, I, was really you thought, I was worried. I, I FaceTimed, I was worried. You need to see this, you need to see this, mate. <laughs> um, so that now Debbie lives in our living room. So we brought it back here. We lifted up the gaff, uh, four days, and put it's it in the living room. And now it's still driving. No, no, no. Nah, it's like we. It was like back and forth to the insurance company, and they were just not really having it. Just because they paid me out for it. Mm-hmm. Ah, fair. Yeah. It's they kind of want. They wanted to scrap it, and I'm like, you're no, you're no scrapping something as sentimental as that so easily. 
So now it sits in the living room. But you were saying about uh, like video content and identity, which is something that's been in a lot of videos. Debbie's been in like two so far. And uh, I obviously got sad when I lost Debbie because I wanted to make, there was a music video I had. There was like a whole film I wrote. Not like an hour long film, but like the three minute film of just like me on Debbie doing tasks, but with like the help of rhythm and vision, uh, visuals, visions, visuals, uh, hopefully make something beautiful that I've had like, literally, hold on. Yes. Literally there's like, this is like scenes where I'm gonna film, that was gonna film stuff. Certain shots. Uh, like, you know, you ever seen Interstellar? Yes, but when it came out, so remembering it's a bit. Well, do you mind like when they were uh, whenever the like the ships uh, were in space and they were flying? There was this there was this certain shot that was like it showed outside the, the actual uh, ship itself mm-hmm. to show where it was traveling through. So I kind of got that idea to kind of show it, not really show show you what the bike is. So you just see like a glimpse of it, of some of the aggression and all that part. Of, and then this this is like the first location. That's where the film would start. God, your ideas are incredible. So you, there's this place, it's up by Cafkin Braves, uh, just behind it, it's a farm road. And if you look into it, there's just this long winding road. So you would, at the start of this film, you'd see this white dot coming along and understand what's coming along. And then through the kind of quick shots, I'm just showing you little bits of the bike. And eventually you, it's a continuous shot of the bike actually zooming past. I'm trying to think where the Cafkin Braves are. I think it's love up there. See, uh, it's, it's if you're going to head towards East Cobride, mm-hmm. but you go through the back roads. I passed the golf club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the there, road. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. like where all the pylons are. I know where you are. I know where you are. But unfortunately, with the bike, won't won't be able to film it. But I'm not going to say anything. But there's, I think you're going to see a debut music video this year. I think we'll finally get it out. Well, but we'll build up momentum. We'll treat it like it. We'll treat it like an actual film and having like short clips that aren't represented by the film or different things that just add to help you understand the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, like give you visual stuff. Like something as simple as like the, the bike breaking down and how does this person react to the bike breaking down, you know, short through character and through physical comedy, um, or something as simple as that. And then obviously you get to the film and then you see the whole the whole spectrum of what this character can get up to in a day with a bike. You know, just something that's adventurous, it's fun, it's youthful, it's I really want to adopt the kind of coming of age era, because that's what kind of helped me a lot was a lot of coming age films. Like the John Hughes type things. Oh yeah. Aye, full on. That's the kind of. I think that's our main perspective in terms of uh, the film content we want to bring. Um, we were literally rehearsing today in Eggman Studios uh, the the last song of the EP, which is 1980s Film Therapy, which is like the embarked of like the coming of age story that I want to bring. Because mm-hmm. like a lot of the films that I'm referencing in the song are songs that really helped me, when really helped me subconsciously when I was kind of worried about the idea growing up. You know, you're a wee kid and you want to be a kid forever and then you watch these coming-of-age films and you're like, somehow I'm more comforted with the idea of growing up because these people are struggling to grow up. Well, you've mentioned the Debbie music video and the EP. What have you got coming up? Because I know there's restrictions right now, so maybe not any gigs, but they might be ending soon. Who knows? Well, you... You're still, man, you should probably know. Um, yeah, gigs, not really this month, I don't think. No. Uh, we're not really planning on doing any gigs. More try to focus on getting the EP done. Uh, just try to sort our schedule out uh, for the rest of the year. I think that's kind of January's main focus. Yeah. Well, so we're meant to do that King Tut's gig for the resolutions. Yes. That's going to get moved, and we've not been really given a date of when it's going to be moved. Yeah. 
Um, to be confirmed. To be confirmed, yeah. Uh, maybe in like maybe February or March. I hope I, t- I really hope it's February, mm-hmm. and that'd be quite nice to get that support then. But we've got we're doing PJ Malloy's PJ yeah. Malloy's, which is basically like the King Tuts of Dunfermline. Yes, I've heard about a few. I can't remember where I've heard about actually, but I have heard of that one. Mm. Um, it's through Classy Lassie. Twenty twenty third. Twenty six. Twenty sixth of February. Uh, PJ Malloy's. A potential headliner in March. Still discussing, but a potential headliner. And hopefully maybe nice and sleazies. But in terms of music, we want to. I think we're going to release another single. I think we're going to release uh, "Mischief," which is the soundtrack for "Once Upon a Time in the Wild West End." Mm-hmm. So we've dragged you. We've we've gained you. We've gave you this time to kind of you know watch the video and have a little bit of an inkling. Now we can actually give you the single. Mm-hmm. We think it was like it was a potential. Like anytime we do stuff like this and we change change the momentum of how we release music, it's like we identify and analyze like a lot of it. So like us just doing the music video and then not doing the, not releasing the single for a while, what's that going to do? Is that yeah. going to help? Is it going to make it worse? We don't know. But it's nice to play about with it because this is the time we have yeah. to really you know get Come up to different ideas and do yeah. New, we can afford to we, we can afford to lose basically. We can afford to lose. It's all part of the investment. Mm-hmm. We know the tune will do well because um, I it got a lot of reception. Everyone really liked the single itself. It seems quite different to the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so release that maybe on Valentine's Day and then think about releasing the EP either early March or late February so if anyone where can anyone find you just if no one's heard of you before where can they find all the information um, we keep up to date with news on Instagram uh, pandas.band mm. and Twitter at bandspandas and you can listen to us on Spotify yeah as well yeah just yeah. pandas on Spotify well, you've both been great. I can't wait to see what's coming next, especially with what his wee mind is coming up with. False. False. He's thinking about genocide right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Crazy bastard. Yeah. Crazy bastard. Guys, thank you very much for doing this. You've been great. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, man. Are you all right if I play one of your songs? That's what we'll put in that at the end. Absolutely. Would you want yeah. to play? It's up to you, I'm gonna let you pick. Uh, introduce it. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I reckon Foolish. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's the, the most, I it's the strongest song we've got on Spotify and it really helped you, you know, give an identity of what the EP will sound like. Perfect. So this is Foolish and guys, thank you very much for coming on. Best of luck with everything. <laughs> thank you. Until next time, brother. It's been a pleasure. Until next time.